we've got a roll on anyway talking about the NFL, so we may as well keep going. So you, you were talking about the number two pick. Yeah, we, we were just saying how the Chargers, uh, or the, the three main quarterbacks, it'll be... <coughs> Whoa, excuse me, sorry. <laughs> yeah, oh, great um, stuff. Good timing, good timing. Hey, um, <laughs> but, uh, so we're saying the three quarterbacks that are going to lead off will probably be Burrow to the, to the Bengals, and then we've got going um, Herbert and Tua to... Um, the Chargers and the Dolphins seemed within was whatever order. Um, but you were saying there's some pick talk about pick number two because of the front seven, whether they're going to go for that, the, um, the offensive tackle or anything like that, um, for Washington. Yeah. So I, th- I think, yeah, you're right. You're, you're kind of right. Like I think pick one is, is locked in. I feel for Burroughs going pick one to the Bengals straight away because he's not going to go to a good team. He's going to have, uh, you know, I, he's not going to have anyone to really pass. Well, more importantly, he's not going to have anything to protect him. And straight off the bat, I can see Burroughs being a um, oh, who was the QB that went to the Jets a couple of years ago? Darnold, Sam Darnold. I can see him being a Sam Darnold in two years' time for an hour guy with all the credentials and all the techniques, and then just with just garbage around him trying to play. Well, that's. I mean, I think the Bengals are probably going to hope that he's going to be for them like what Carson Palmer was, uh, you know, years ago. Um, yeah. Because he was probably the last really good quarterback they had. Because um, Dalton, Dalton's like, you know, he's he's right in the middle of the road. He's not good. He's not he's not bad. He's just right in the middle. Um, but um, but the but yeah, certainly Palmer was the last one they had before they he went over to um, the Cardinals. So I mean, they they did in free agency they did lock up um, AJ Green. Um, but he's 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 been so injured and, and he hasn't played a full season in a while. And last year he obviously didn't play much at all. Um, in fact, I'm surprised that they retained him to be honest. So I, I don't know. But they do have a good running game though. Um, Joe Mixon's pretty good. Um, but you're right. The biggest problem for them is they their offensive line is terrible. But the good the good thing for them is that they their first round pick from last year. This is I feel I feel for the Bengals man because. They, their first round pick was an offensive lineman last year, and he got injured like that straight off the bat, and he was gone for the whole season. So yeah, hopefully, yeah, yeah. So hopefully him coming back, he's still effectively a rookie, but he should have an impact to hopefully help out. Yeah, I can. Yeah, you're, you're right there, AJ Green. The only concern there is he, like you said, he's banged up, didn't play most of last year, and he is the wrong side of thirty. Um, but yeah, I just. I, I mean, I feel for him, but I mean, he he could potentially be that saving grace at Cincinnati. Who knows? Um, there's a like pick two onwards really becomes interesting hmm. um, because you see we're talking before about Riviera going to um, the skin, That's so right. there's a potential Newton um, um, reunion there. I, I, I don't know if it'll happen, and then from from the, from that. Spot on because pick three is really interesting as well because I've seen a lot of news or a lot of talk about um, the Detroit Lions moving on from well trading down from pick three just for cap yep. revenue as well. oh not cap revenue but for to draft prospects as well. Um, yep. I, I think we I'm saying before with all the cute quarterback movement that you don't normally get, I think we're going to have a really interesting draft and you're not probably going to see too much in terms of signings until that draft happens. And then post-draft, I think you'll see the Patriots coming out and doing what they do in picking up these B-plus players or C-plus players and then like yes. guys like Chris Hogan or no names, and all of a sudden these guys are superstars again. So they'll be interesting to see. I actually can't wait with being star for sport. I can't wait for this draft to kick off. No, same, because it's, it's in about 10 days? About that, yeah, yeah. I think be, it will be really, really good to have, have a bit of sport back, but it's going to be really interesting because you're right. I mean, the 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 one I've heard the most about trading back is the Lions for sure um, because they effectively cut Darius Slay, um, and I would say that they're probably going to need to pick up. I don't know whether they're going to go for like Isaiah Simmons or one of those top like cornerback types to, to bring in um, because, like you said, the, the cap room will help them out a lot because Darius Slay would have cost them you know like ten, thirteen million a year or something like that. Um, so to move him on to, I forget where they traded him, but um, but they, uh, but if they can trade back to say like I don't know seven, eight, nine, ten, something like that, um, and uh, it just seems like um, hopefully they they'll pick up someone that's going to suit them anyway. I don't know if their team's going to be better than it was, 
but it will certainly be on par and they'll have more money to invest elsewhere. Yeah, I think that's the big thing. Post-draft, you, you look at that, and even free agency, you look at the teams that have um, that have improved from free agency. And I know I had great discussions with a mate who's a, a mad Denver Broncos fan. And he's like, yeah, we got all these guys in. We got AJ Bouye. And I'm like, yeah, but you, you lost Chris Harris. So you're not any better at that position. You're just the same at that position. Well, relatively. And then, oh, we got Jerrell Casey. I'm like, yeah, but you lost Derek Wolf. So you guys haven't improved. You've just uh, replenished the talent that you've lost. Exactly. Exactly right. And that, that's a big part of it. I mean, I, the one that I'll be pretty intrigued to see what they're going to do will be the Eagles because mm-hmm. I, I really think like they, they drafted um, a lot of people that have just not done a lot for them. So like JJ, I say, I think a white side who was supposed to be this crazy, awesome receiver. Um, and he's supposed to be just, you know, uh, this phenomenal guy, but he, he didn't seem to do a lot for him. And I don't know whether that's just because the way they schemed it and they ran a lot for some reason through Jordan Howard last year. I, I don't know, but, um, it'll be interesting to see what they do. Um, yeah. Yeah, they were, they were banged up a lot last year too, so it was like kind of prime grounds for uh, Sega White. So this is a great name for an announcer to call out as well, <laughs> to just take over and dominate when, when they had like Nelson Aguilar out and, and um, old Sean Jeffrey out for a fair chunk of last year too. It was like prime. Who was right? Old Sean Jeffrey, that's right, exactly. I forgot mm. that he was out. You're right. But um, I don't know, it, it'll, be, it'll be interesting to see because I'd say they'll probably have to – um, have to get a wide receiver, I'd say. They'll probably end up with one of those like second-tier level wide receivers, but it is such a really deep wide receiver class. They probably won't get like CeeDee Lamb or Henry Ruggs, but they'll probably get uh, one of those next sort of level, level guys like Jefferson or um, I can't think of the other guy that's in there now. But, yeah, but there's a whole stack of them that's, um, that's seeming to fall around that area. But it, it's going to be really interesting. But um, the Eagles will be one. I mean, I don't like the Eagles much. I think that I, I was... <laughs> <laughs> I just think it'll be interesting to see what they do. Um, but yeah, I mean, who, who do you reckon would be for you uh, the biggest move? Just not necessarily the draft, but just definitely for the off season remaining. What do you think would be the biggest moves to go? We were talking about Cam Newton a bit earlier, like one of those guys or something like that. Oh, I think I think Cam Newton's kind of the the, the best of what's left. There's a lot of talk, um, obviously, because he's banged up, and this is the where COVID nineteen comes into it because. He can't go to teams and do tryouts there and go, hey, my shoulder's fine or my foot's fine. I think that was the other thing he was banged up on. So, I mean, he's been doing, like, um, like Instagram try uh, workouts with Tyrod Taylor, which got me excited as a Chargers fan as well. But the sheer fact that he can't go to teams and train and go, I'm fine, I'm fit and healthy, they're relying on, you know, third-party medicals and whatever because guys simply can't travel. It has to be a factor in it. I mean, it has to be. I mean, this this guy's like two or three years removed from being an MVP. Nearly had an undefeated season with um, Carolina Panthers, and then laid the egg in the Super Bowl. But um, he's just he's too good, and he's too much of a such a big personality. That's why I'd, I'd love him to go to LA. I, I don't know if the Chargers can afford him r- realistically, um, mm. but he just to open that stadium that bigger stadium that is going to be built in NFL history and this massive landmark for LA in competing with the Rams as well to kind of be that New York Giants of New York. It would be awesome to see Cam Newton with that number one on his chest in a Chargers uniform in a month's time. There we go. I think I've got everyone on the call now. We managed to do it. Look at that. jumping in and joining us. No, we just kicked off without you, bro. (laughs) I don't blame you. Oh, no, that's we just decided to say that's it, Bondi. We've uh, we've had enough. Um, this lack of commitment is astounding. I'm not the latest anyone turned to one of these yet. <laughs> True. I think I hold the record for that for sure. But uh, but how have you been, Bondi? We were just discussing the upcoming NFL draft and uh, basically all the different picks that are happening and, and who we reckon is going to be the big. Signings, but uh, how you been, mate? What have you been up to? Yeah, good, good. Um, got a week off work, so um, that hasn't even started yet. So it's <laughs> oh. um, so yeah, all good. Um, got the week off work, mate. I'm I'm jealous. 
Mm. Yeah, no. It's good. It's going to be interesting with lockdown. Can't do shit, so I don't really know what we're going to do. But yeah, we're going home and trying to entertain kids. That's, yeah, that's going to be a tough gig, eh? That's going to be the tough gig. Well, mate, the NFL drafts on in 10 days, so you can hold out till then, just stick them in front of that, and they'll be entertained. Oh, mate, I will definitely be sticking them in front of that, put them to sleep. It'll be good to go. <laughs> oh, mate, it's going to be good. It's going to be good. But uh, we, we were just saying for us that um, we were surprised with uh, Cam Newton. hasn't been snapped up, but we're probably saying it's probably because uh, medical-wise and they can't, people can't travel as well. But it's, it's, it's phenomenal, like, with all the... Um, all the guys in lockdown, like, of course, we're, we're lucky in Queensland. We're not quite as bad as, like, New South Wales and Victoria, but with uh, there's nearly, like, half a million bucks in fines over the Easter weekend for people just doing, apparently, the wrong thing. So um, not really ideal, but anyway. But it'll be uh, it'll be good once the sport's back up. But, um, but we'll, we'll move on from the NFL for a minute. We'll talk about the NRL, because I know Bondi was talking about it before, um, but we were saying about how the um, they're looking to get the – like a, an island, basically, similar to what the UFC was trying to do. They're trying to get an island to kick the NRL off again um, and uh, get that done by May 28th, I'm told. Yeah, mate, I heard the same date, um, read the article, and apparently they're like, yep, cleared by New South Wales authorities, and New South Wales authorities are like, um, who said that? <laughs> <laughs> so... It'll be interesting whether it's the NRL just creating a rumour mill, going, hey, look, and so everyone just sort of follows the lemming. Um, so if we just say it enough times, it'll be true. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know how much credence all goes, but I'd like to kick off by the 28th of May, but the other issue is going to be the other end of the season um, with the T20 World Cup. Uh, Channel 9's a broadcasting point. Yeah, that'll be interesting to see, but because, I mean, cricket's not quite as, um, it's it's not really a contact sport, so, you know, you can kind of get away with it a little bit like tennis, uh, cricket, um, and then, like, golf, those sort of sports, um, where you can sort of get away with it a little bit. But things like like the NFL and uh, basketball and NRL, AFL, those sort of sports, you're just not able to really do it because it's all close proximity stuff. But the, the thing I was actually going to ask you, Cootsie, see what you thought about it, because I know obviously the NRL is one where like they're struggling for money, so that's why they're pushing so hard to, to get this up and running so their broadcasting um, money doesn't go you know down the drain effectively. But the AFL doesn't seem to be in as big of a, uh, like an issue with it. Like, do you know why that is? I, not clearly. I I think the AFL are just better set up financially. They've got a bigger market, more teams, more money, more revenue, um, massive television rights deal, less on with Fox. So I think when Channel 7 or a year or so ago, so I think they just have a larger revenue base that they can stand down. Players have taken, I think, 20% pay cuts. Coaches have reportedly taken massive co- um, pay cuts as well. I think... The AFL is basically. Uh, I actually got a letter from the um, Carlton CEO. Um, not personally, we're not that we're not that much bros. Uh, but um, basically, gone out. Hey, saying the AFL has asked us to reduce their soft cap by a million dollars. So they're they're also you know I think in everywhere they're just cutting back as much as they can in the hope that all this will blow over. We'll know. I think the AFL's hold off putting anything out to the end of May. Uh, in the hope that everything has changed enough by the positive that uh, maybe June, July going on, we're going to have our 17-week-plus finals, Granny, even if there's pine shut doors. I think at this point, everyone will be happy with that. Um, oh, they just want to see footy played. I'm with but, you. I'm with you there. That's true. That's the only thing I can really put it down to, is they just seem to have a larger backing to go, yeah, we, we can hold out for you know extended period of time. I think if it gets too bad, they'll... Worst case scenario, they're just going to asterisk 2020, I think. Yeah, <laughs> that's it, that's it, yeah. I mean, that seems to be the way it's going to go. I mean, I know, but the funny thing is, though, like I was I was reading the thing the other day about um, all those players taking a big pay cut, like the 20, 30, some of them are taking up to 50, 60%, like huge big pay cuts. And, I mean, it's the same NRL, AFL, 
where these guys, like the, the ones I feel bad for, the, the guys that are on half a million or, or 800,000 a year or, or whatever, even, even 200,000 a year, whatever, those guys, if they take a pay cut, it's not the end of the world for them. But the poor blokes that are the fringe players that are getting paid like 12 cents an hour to go and, and sit on the bench, like those guys are, are going to be really hard up for money. I feel because I mean they can't exactly go and just do their labouring jobs like they normally do on the side, but because they're, uh, they're everything shut down for them. So these poor guys that are on the contracts that are like you know the minimum the minimum contracts, they're they're going to be buggered. I think if they've got to take a pay cut as well. It's a strange thing to say when someone's on a million dollars a year, and obviously twenty percent of a million dollars is a lot more than twenty percent of a hundred and fifty grand. But you're mm. going to feel that if you're making hundred and fifty grand versus a million dollars anyway. So yeah, it's a fair point. Absolutely, that's what I figured too. But anyway, but look, that's uh, that's just how it is. But the other ones that uh, that I thought was hilarious was um, we were talking before. Before about it earlier in the week about uh, Dana White um, from the UFC, he's like, no, 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 I'm just going to get, a, I'm just going to get a private island. But uh, what, what that, you sent me that story, though, Bondi, they, 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 they canned it, didn't they? Yeah, mate. So the telecasting partner, UFC's telecasting partner, is ESPN, um, and so Dana White did all the legwork, got their private island, got everything secured, he got uh, someone to replace the Russian fighter that was meant to be in uh, the flight, so. Had a full card, good to go. Uh, and then Disney, who own ESPN, came in, told ESPN to cut it away. They then had to turn around and have an awkward conversation with Dana White uh, about <laughs> not proceeding with the event. So. Oh, mate. I got. I feel bad for the bloke because he's obviously put in a lot of work to find a, an entire private island and get everything all organised, all the logistics would have been ridiculous. And then, Oh, um, no, 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 no. So, Fight Island is a real thing, and it will happen. They are building it now. So, yeah, yeah. So, Disney and ESPN, because Dan and White was basically, I know, in typical Dan and White style, stuff you, I'm going to hold UFC still, and he was, it was on some, uh, like, casino Indian reserve in California, thinking that would be outside of the government, and then they've gone, nah, and, and it was, it wasn't him. It was yeah, it was the execs at Disney and ESPN going, no, dude, seriously, you're gonna have to pull it away. You can't do it. Um, so yeah, it was them telling him you can't do this anymore. And then he's looking to to move that fight to this fantasy fight island. Well, not fantasy. It'll be a very real place off the coast of California, um, yeah, right. where apparently it's going to hold more you know fights in the future and that as well. But yeah, in, in typical Dana White style, he's just kind of doing very, very aggressively doing doing it his own way, and he's going to not. We're going to be the first sport back up and rolling. And I think at this point, and, and I was listening to a podcast the other day, and it's a great point that even if you're not a UFC fan or a diehard UFC fan, at this point, two weeks removed from any sport, I'll pay to watch that fight. No, I don't care who's going. I will pay to watch that fight. Just so I can have something on KO or whatever, however you're streaming it, because you want to see something by now. I'll tell you what, you, you blokes get in the ring and I'll commentate because I can't, I can't do much, and uh, I'll, I'll just, be, I'll just lay on the ground, um, hey, and you blokes get in the ring then. <laughs> It'd be the worst gate <laughs> ever. Kuzi looks tough, mate. He's got a tat. He'll be fine. Yeah, tough. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a couple of tough, tough stickers made, but that's all they do. They don't, they don't need deep in the skin deep, no worry about that. what I'd like to know, do you feel intimidated by Koozie's tattoos? 100%. I haven't seen the new one, but the old one. Scared me. Oh, the, the, skull, the skulls and barbed wire. Yeah. Oh, it's gone, mate. It's gone completely. Yeah, but oh, the people who prison haven't. <laughs> oh look, there you go. You got the, you got the. Was that a half sleeve now, mate? He's, he's done it up. He's for oh, the people yeah. that are you watching. You can't see that abomination of a tattoo at all anymore. So the, the story for the for the people who uh, obviously wouldn't know that. See, Cootsie, when we were in Darwin, he decided it was a cracking idea to get a barbed wire with skulls on it all around his bicep, and uh, we hung so much crap on him for it for years. So he, uh, he, he it wasn't it wasn't barbed wire. It was tribal. That's oh, why tough. That makes it. <laughs> I think the worst part of this story is I was completely sober and it took me 10 years to get a cover up. 
Yep, yep, hundred yeah. percent. I lived with that abomination of a tattoo for ten years. That's amazing. It's it was just truly it was a beautiful thing. So, I think that's where you get your tough tough guy stripes from when you just just own a shit tattoo for ten years. <laughs> and then of course, but you, but the, to be fair to you, mate, you still managed to get Jan to stick with you. You've been married now for a year as of yesterday, right? Oh, exactly right. Yeah, exactly. As of today, actually, yeah, one year anniversary. Oh, yeah. Is it today? Um, I thought it was yesterday. No, it was today, man. Oh, jeez. But, yeah, well, you're, you're lucky getting off when you're, you're talking to me and you're talking to us to, on your anniversary, mate. Yeah, exactly. Well, COVID, we can't really go anywhere or do anything, so it's right. kind of right. stuffed up another thing we had planned. But, but anyway, we'll make amends when everything's, you know, the dust has settled and you can go somewhere and do something. Actually, Bondo, what did you do for Tara's birthday? We, was the lockdown in effect then last like, when you when you had their birthday rolled around? Yeah, it definitely was. So, um... I did a um, a treasure hunt with bottles of wine around the house. Oh, nice. Um, nice. Yeah. So, essential service. Did what yeah. I could. Trying to get fearless. Mate, that, that is... Mate, that, we all know BWS is an essential service, mate. That's where you do uh, beer, wine and spirits, for those uh, who don't know BWS. Is, but it's... Uh, it's I'm not sure, is BWS all across Australia? Yeah, yeah mate. It's up here. Yep. Yeah, yeah, that's what I thought, but I, I wasn't sure if it was everywhere or not because I know it's in New South Wales and Queensland. But anyways, uh, what's that, mate? Did you say something, Cootie? No, you're all right. Crack on. Oh, sorry. Right. <laughs> but I did find I did find one um, up in uh, in Beerwa at all the Glasshouse Mountains. They actually have a thirsty camel. I haven't seen a thirsty camel since Darwin. Mm. My 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 local in Woomera are gonna go forty five minute drive up the road to Roxby and there is a thirsty camel hitting the way home every time. That's amazing. Yeah. Good, on, good on them. Probably the best name for a bottle shop I've ever heard, but you know. Absolutely. Absolutely. Alright, now one of the other things that we're gonna talk about uh this week, obviously we can rattle on about the NFL draft in a little bit, but um and obviously, we'll talk about what the uh, the ridiculous stuff with the NRL, what's happening, because um, they had two people. When we were talking about a few weeks back, we were talking about um, uh, all the the scandals and stuff that happened, the biggest scandals in sport and all that sort of thing. Um, but there was uh, those two blokes that got stood down because they decided to bring two seventeen or sixteen year old girls back to their hotel room after yeah. going to the school to do. They, they went to Port Macquarie School, Port Macquarie, to do a. Um, promotional thing like a grassroots footy thing and for some reason instead of like just letting it go they got two girls numbers given to them and instead of just being professional they then asked these girls back to their hotel room um so you know <laughs> just absolutely nuts but they finally just stood them down but did, did you see that one Mondo? yeah so they got stood down i didn't follow it too much after that um i didn't expect a different result at all um yeah oh, no is it just the NRL going, you muffets? No, they've been completely deregistered now. It was uh, Corey Harawira-Naira and another fringe player whose name I can't remember. Okay, yeah. But uh, no, they've been stood down. And then there was another one that's just but he been suspended as well. Um, he was for, for an ABL. I think it was um, one of the Dragons players. It, was, it might have been Lafay, I think. He, he just got stood down as well um, because of that as well. I think he's in a bit of trouble, but... It's just bananas, mate. I think people are just so bored that uh, unfortunately they're doing a lot of dumb shit. <laughs> but um, all right. But the things I was going to talk about was like things that um, I guess the big major events in sport during history um, where sport has been shut down in the past, or there's been other parts of, of where the sport's been delayed or affected. Um, and I mean, it was really quite quite tough to find these things. Sport seems to really just just keep going like like they just there's nothing that's really stopped it in the past um outside of you know there was a spanish flu like 100 years ago um but there's very very little i mean did, did you guys end up i don't know did you guys research much into it or find any of those things that popped up for you guys mate the closest i got was the black plague so uh formative than that um but yeah um, I couldn't find too much that would stop sport, um, particularly on a global scale. Well, the only one that I, I really found was uh, in 1916, um, and this was because it was right in the middle of World War One. so I don't think there was too many places that were felt quite safe getting on a ship and travelling to a place for the Olympics. 
Um, but the 1916 Summer Olympics were not held because of World War One. Um, so that's that's basically the only one that I could really find. Um, yeah, so there was a global war, um, or there was a global pandemic. But the next one, of course, was World War Two, um, the 1940 and 44 Summer Olympics. That that was um, scheduled to be in Tokyo, um, and that obviously got cancelled, um, obviously. Um, and uh, then the um, yeah, that, that's basically what that's, the Olympics have been cancelled a couple of times, but. I, I don't know too much more since then. Obviously, there's been some other dramas where it's happened. But what about you, Cook? Did you, ever, did you find anything in that regard? Uh, the only thing I, I really found was uh, in terms of global events that stopped or changed or affected sports, both World War One and Two were about the only things I really found. Um, looking at World War Two, it didn't even stop the VFL at that point. That season went on uninterrupted. The, the one wow. I did love is I read a little bit about World War One. Sorry, we're talking VFL before AFL came around in those days. Yeah. And the one I, I, I thought was quite interesting was uh, World War One. there was a vote that was 13 to 4 about whether or not they'd have a 1915 season. Um, so obviously it was 13 to 4 in favour of a season. And a side note here is St. Is Kilda changed their colours because their traditional red, white and black colours were the same as the German Empire. <laughs> so they thought it was a bit distasteful to play with those colours just for that season. Oh, jeez. That's crazy, eh? Like, it, it's just... I, I never actually thought of that, that uh, that was because it was the black, white and red. That's true, but I never thought of that with St. Kilda. It's no, just the same does it say what they actually changed their uniforms to that year? Um, so their black color, their, their colors of black, red, and yellow were chosen to support, which is ironic because I'm pretty sure that is the now German flag. But anyway, yeah, um, yes, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. I was about to say, yeah. <laughs> um, so, oh, sorry. Here we go. So their their new colors of black, red, and yellow were chosen as a support to Australian allies, Belgium where a group of St. Kilda oh. players were serving. So there you go. That makes sense. That makes sense. Because their, their flag runs opposite, like, runs like mm. up and down instead of sideways or something like that. Yeah. Mind you, this, this I think the 1915 uh, season only had four clubs that could actually commit to playing in there anyway. But, hey, they still got a season out of it. So there you go. I have no idea. They made, I, didn't think, I couldn't believe they strung that many blokes together during that time. This was back in the time where they had like fifteen year old, fifteen year old kids playing against like thirty five, probably forty five year old guys. Although that life expectancy was a lot less back in those days, but the, you know you're not going to have twenty five or well, eighteen to kind of thirty three year old guys playing that you have now. You have a slightly broader group because obviously the professionalism and the physical demands isn't there. But we're, we're talking after uh, you know post-World War that these guys are still able to string a season together is pretty impressive in itself. That's nuts, eh? Because, I mean, the, the, one, of the, one of the craziest ones that I remember just, just as, as a sporting moment, speaking of World Wars, was when um, Hitler put the gold medal around Jesse Owen's neck after winning the, the race. <laughs> like that. And uh, I, I don't think that calmed down Mr. Hitler somewhat, though. I think he still kind of doubled down a little bit on that, uh, on that issue, I think. But, uh, for, for those who don't know, Jesse Owens is black. That was a, that's, <laughs> that's a joke. But, uh, yeah. But anyways, but I don't know. I don't know what's going to really going to happen with sports though. I mean, like, there, there's not a lot of things that stopped it. I mean, I, I don't know, but the one, I guess, the thought that I had with it was when sports does resume, is it going to be something that's going to be completely changed forever? Or do you, do you guys reckon, like Bondi, do you reckon it's going to go back to the way it was? Or, or what, what are your thoughts there? Yeah, mate, I reckon sport's going to go back to the way it was. Uh, there's obviously a few um, exceptions. There's a few emerging sports that will probably come out of this um, and endure, at least in the short term. But I think, you know, people are going to go, oh, this is actually real. We do need slush funds for if stuff goes sideways. Um, insurance is going to be through the roof, so they're going to have to... Um, consider that and maybe put some of the smaller clubs and stuff out of business at a local level. Um, yeah, I think fundamentally the world will return to normal 2021. I don't think it's going to be too much drama in it. Um, minus, you know, the hundreds of thousands of Americans that 
<laughs> I'm potentially not going to be around for that. The numbers for yeah. COVID are insane, but um, that's right. Yeah, I think fundamentally, sports can go back to where it was. No, that's fair. I think you're right. I think that's. I have the same sort of gut feeling about it, but I think you're right. The Americans are really they're pushing for this herd immunity thing, mate. Jesus. But anyway, um, it just. They're just like, oh, some people are going to die, but you know, whatever. Anyway, but it, it'll be it'll be interesting to see what they how they come out of this as well. I mean, I, I don't think, uh, like, I think it's going to be a while before we have like a normal season, a normal attendance. I think there'll probably be a drop in attendance to the games, um, but it just means that broadcasting rights are going to be more expensive, so there's still going to be more money to be made. Um, although I do think that uh, all the uh, the broadcasters and, and streaming services are making out like bandits at the moment, and I think they're going to do that for a while. Uh, so put all your money on KO. That's uh, if they're a public company. <laughs> Invest heavily in ESPN. But um, I don't know, what was... So what about you, Coots? What do you reckon? Do you reckon the AFL, when they kick off again, is it going to be the same? Is it going to be different? Are they going to have people disinfecting balls before we play for years to come? Or what, what do you reckon? I think, I mean, you may, you may have that. You may have the footy after his kick for a goal go into a bucket of disinfectant like we had in round one, apparently. Yeah. Because um, I never forget the... the the biggest thing I noticed from round one without a crowd is there was no one to throw the football in, so the poor grounds dude had to run into the crowd, into well, the empty crowd to get the football, and then went to throw it back to the player. Of which the umpire interjected and said, "You can't give it straight to him. We have to disinfect the ball and dunk it in a bucket of you know hand sanitizer or something before." So I, I don't know if we'll go to that extreme, but there is you know I feel like something will happen um, in terms of that, but. I think, give it time, I mean, the biggest thing we're now, we're still like kind of two weeks into this no more sport for foreseeable future, so we're all still, you know, coming to terms with what's happening in the world. Um, I saw a ridiculous stat that apparently um, in last week in America, more people died than in September 11 due to COVID virus. So, I mean, if yeah, so, so clearly things have happened that have just made this... Everything has to pause, and sport is, you know, one of the many things that has to pause on it. But I think post this, we're definitely going to get back. In terms of AFL, it's too big for it not to succeed. Um, the question mark seems to be around if clubs can survive. Um, I, I think your big clubs, you know, the big four in Melbourne, there's, there's no drama in there. Your clubs like Gold Coast will probably suffer. GWS, granted, they're... Uh, very good side. They don't have the bigger financial backing of the Carltons and Collingwoods. I think Carlton last year was, you know, they were only in the black for the first time in about half a decade, and they're still kicking around. So, um, so the clubs, the issue is around the big clubs, and then the big investment that the AFL had in grassroots footy and AFLW and all these things. Will that be paused? Will they be able to just pick up and run come next season, or, or will they be affected going forward? That, that's the big question because the AFLW were scheduled, I think, next year or the year after to have the inclusion of a couple more teams to progressively yeah. grow the sport. You know, the, the question is, there you go. So the question will be raised about if, if the AFL simply has the money to accommodate a few more girls' clubs coming into the league, and can they have the money to support that? So. I'm with Bond. I think it will come back. Everyone loves sport. Like we're in kind of week two of not, you know, not so much as lockdown as some countries are in the world, but we're really starving for sport. And like I said before, I don't care who's fighting. I'm going to pay to see that fight because we. we like, I don't know what to do on my Saturdays, man. Like I'm struggling here. So. Oh no, that, that's I mean, that's another thing. That's what we're talking about. I, I don't know if it's the same up in Townsville. It's a bit hotter up that way, but uh, but I know. For us down here in Brisbane, like we see just more families and bike riding and dog walking and just family activities. There's people walking around the neighbourhood because they've got literally nothing else to do and there's only so much Netflix you can watch. So I think yes. that uh, if we were saying earlier, like Bondi, I don't know if it's the same with your way, but we were saying how it's like when we were growing up as kids, it's going back to that sort of way. Bondi there? Oh, I think I've lost him. Yeah. No, yeah. Oh, you're there. Oh, you're um, there. Oh. Yeah, there are people around about up here, not in a number, 
that I thought that would be. Um, you go for a walk, you put kids on the bike, that kind of stuff. But it's not like you can't dodge people. There's, you know, two or three people where we walk. Um, it's just, it's dead. Everyone's sitting inside sinking pennies, I reckon. <laughs> it's true, man. It's true. But, I mean, like, it, it's... It's interesting to me, though. I think that like, with sport, uh, I think that it's going to be because uh, it, it's it's funny. Like we're all sitting inside, like you just said, Bondi. I think it's very much the same. I think people are getting out for like an hour or so a day or two hours a day, getting out and going for that walk or doing that thing. But I think that when sport starts up or just any kind of event, even if it's not sport, it could be just Big Brother getting on TV, whatever. I think that people are going to be so transfixed onto the TVs and, and onto their screens for because there's, there's nothing else to do. So I think that, you know, whatever happens, even if they have empty stadiums, they're going to have millions and millions and millions of people just watching anything that comes up. And, I mean, really, if Dana White needs a private island, Australia's doing pretty well with COVID-19 and we're pretty exclusive. So he can just bring <laughs> every fight to, to Australia, just saying. Yeah, I like this. Post two-week isolation, why not? There you go. Yeah, 100%, mate. Yeah, just bring the fighters in. They can sit here for two weeks, do some training, whatever they got to do, and then Rob's your Robert's uh, brother's brother. And, you know, off you go from there. There you go. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. So you give Dana a call. Give him a call, mate. you got to sign it. Hey, mate, I've got him on speed dial. We'll be fine. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get him Good out. We'll get, we'll get Dan Patrick to commentate. I'll give Joe Rogan a call. He'll, oh, I'll give it. Rogan. Grogs is going to be there. That's it. Yeah, 100%. It'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be fine. <laughs> We'll just, we'll just put it in my backyard, mate. We'll be fine. It'll be, it won't be a drama. I'll put some nets up. I'll get, I'll get one of those trampolines with the nets up. Like, you got one of those Bondi, right? Yeah, mate. Yeah. 14 foot. How about Octagon? <laughs> <laughs> oh, next level Octagon. Like, trampoline-based Octagon. Yep. There you go. Hey, you got to call him now. That's it, mate. We, we've got it. We've got our next sport. Speaking of obscure sports, actually, uh, that's, that's actually a really good sport oh. that we should attend. But, uh, but Bondi, mate, what's How's your... The- Sorry. How's the segue on the big? Did you like it? Did you like oh, it, mate? That was, that was pretty. That was mate, I'm right. doing. I'm getting. Oh, doing all right. I'm doing. I'm. 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 Uh, I'm still sharp. Still sharp. I've been drilling. I've been not practicing <laughs> segues at very. You know. And speaking of this, mate. Guess what? No. <laughs> <laughs> and did I mention? No, no. Uh, but did you did you manage to find an obscure sport for us this week? Yeah, mate. So this is both obscure and emerging. Right, oh, so. Good. Uh, coming out of this whole esports type situation, um, looking into it, and uh, electric flying cars is the next big sport um, toted from a Lauder, an Adelaide-based company, uh, and the sport's called Airspeeder. And basically, these are human-sized drones. So you've got a pilot sitting in there, uh, and they're racing, but basically drone racing with people in them. It's insane. Uh, so they can race anywhere between five meters and four meters off the ground, up to 200 k's an hour. Um, well, I'm and, my God. Yeah. So it, it's quick. It's like they've got them, uh, shadowing, uh, race cars and stuff like that. And they're doing a proper good job of keeping up with them. Um, and they're back in the Rolls-Royce and Babcock Aviation, uh, with right. in the room getting their name in there, but basically a Lauder is the manufacturer. Uh, they're going to develop the tech and set the regulations. So they're looking at the first races kicking off at the end of this year. Um, looking uh, to a Grand Prix style, um, event. Basically, uh, in the coming years, so having their teams, pit crews, uh, all that kind of stuff, uh, with a common manufacturer. So you're basically looking at pilot skill um, over all else. Uh, and yeah, they reckon the it's electric vertical takeoff and landing tech that these guys are using, uh, and they reckon the. Uh, the industry worth is going to be $1.5 billion uh, in the next 20 years. So, um, yeah, this is a, an emerging sport. I think it's going to take off. 
So I'll do that. No. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Drone racing with quads in the vehicles is going to be insane. I'm definitely going to watch it. Um, and just even to figure out, you know, you've got a 35-meter high um, window to fly in. I don't know how wide the track is going to be, uh, but you're talking three-dimensional awareness um, in this in the cockpit, so not only knowing where people are beside you and behind you, uh, but also above and below you, it's going to be insane. Yeah, I, I was just thinking the same thing, mate. It'd be, it's, it, it'd be, uh, like, because when you, I, I just watched Ford vs. Ferrari, by the way, so I, I, I was like, I thought it was amazing. But when you're watching these guys try to skip on the outside or on the inside, they're doing, they're, you know, and they're talking about the difference with NASCAR and all these other things, right, and then the Le Mans race. But you add this in, for, for anyone, if you want to Google it, it's A-L-A-U-D-A. I just had a look myself, that's Alauda. Um, they're the ones that you said are going to be the main people. Um, but when you look at the photos of these things, it looks kind of like some, either an Osprey with an extra couple of propellers or, or you can think of it as like a giant, uh, you know those little mini drones that go, and you fly them around? It looks like a huge version of that. Yeah. And uh, it, it's phenomenal. It looks amazing. I think Guzzi's yeah, lost it because my sound effect. Oh, sorry, dude. Yeah, yeah, those <laughs> things. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. But no, but it, it looks phenomenal. It looks like um, actually, what, what's that thing of um, the pod pod racer off Star Wars when they when they're cruising around and they're just like having a big race? It looks like one of those, but with with four propellers. It, it's crazy. Like it, it looks amazing. But uh, and, and has they, have they actually had like a big race here, Bondi? Do you know? No, not yet. So they're still um, they're racing. Against ground vehicles, they're talking about uh, race trials and stuff like that coming up um, with the first actual races uh, to be held at the end of the year uh, down in Adelaide. So we'll see how we go. That'll be unreal. No, it looks it looks really interesting because I mean it's it's kind of like in my mind it is really the next evolution of of what they're going to be doing because I mean these sort of things if they can turn them into a way to get us to and from work, my God, look out. Like, that's that's the next level of this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, they're looking to um, completely change the motoring industry, like even developing electric electronic tech and stuff for vehicles, so, you know, going towards efficient electric cars and stuff like that. And then, yeah, if you get one of these to fly to work in oh mate the world would be a fun place wouldn't it <laughs> mate it, it's going to be unreal i think it'll be a little anxiety inducing to start with i'm not sure if i, I mean people have a hard enough time just using their indicators on the ground let alone bloody flying a propeller drone thingy um but it'll be it'll be interesting man it'll be interesting but um the i guess with, with these ones it, it's yeah oh mate I'm, I'm actually i'm really excited about this i'm like googling and reading at the same time i shouldn't be doing this while i'm doing the podcast sorry um, <laughs> All right, but uh, the other thing we, we always do, the old faithful, mate, Cootsie, mate, I, I know we haven't had too much sport going on at the moment, but uh, did you manage to find a wanker of the week this week? Uh, as always, mate, I've, I've managed to find a wanker. Um, this one was a couple of weeks ago, but I'm going to hang tough with it because I think the scale of it is, is enough, and, and luckily it wasn't those two NRL dudes. Um, it's actually, <laughs> yeah, sorry, I'm sorry, I didn't even think of that, sorry. Yeah. It's um so we're actually talking um uh John uh Bones Jones from the UFC a couple of weeks ago got pulled over by the cops. Uh again, this seems to be a reoccurring thing with this guy. To paint it into perspective for the people who don't know, UFC probably ten years ago even, the two oh five pound uh weight category, so the light heavyweight, was the premier um kind of fighting weight division. Um I grew when I when I grew up watching it, but I used to watch it. We used to have like all, all the signature guys, um, you know the the Chuck Liddells, the Leota Machitas. They all fought at that two hundred five. So Bones Jones was in that category, primed to make this his division and be like a ten year dominant champion. Has all the talent in the world, all of the charisma. He was just it, it was born to be that you know decade long two hundred five champion. And then he has another brush in with the law. This time he was uh, apparently the cops on patrol heard a gunshot um, 
and went over to this SUV, which seemed to have Jones sitting in it with like half a bottle of tequila and a, and a handgun in his lap. Oh, um, they make him do the sobriety test. I think he um, uh, he got charged. I think he's facing court or is he about to face court with it? But I think um, I think th- this is the the biggest thing about it is it's not the first time he's been in trouble with the cops. So I think like this this dates back to like ten years. I think he was driving once with his girlfriend or fiance in the car and he hit a stovey pole, nearly killed two female pedestrian as well one of them ended up with a broken hand he ended up getting a suspended license uh, suspension for that one um what's this you know just for sorry this is an american this was a an american report and they said utility pole so i just assumed that that's some form of stovey slash i don't know what you call that up here a power pole or a A a telephone pole Let's just stick with utility pole, then, and people can just make the assumption from there what it actually is. It's a utility. Anyway, <laughs> the, um, the, the point we're trying to get to with this is this is the guy that had all the potential. He, he's had failed drug tests. He's been stripped of his UFC championship, I think, twice so far by the UFC. Um, has continued run-ins with the law. He got into a screaming match in Albuquerque, I think, with a cop who suspected him of drag racing. Of course, every, every cop wears the uh, body cam image there. That one's a great one to watch as well, um, as well as this one that happened the other week of getting pulled over and then the cops make him do the a great American, can you do the sobriety test where you've got to walk in a straight line with someone who's absolutely shit-faced. It's always good to watch. Oh, yeah. So, so for for having all the talent in the world and then falling on the side, I think he he, he was scheduled to fight um, uh, Daniel. I can't think of his name. Sorry, uh, at least a couple of times, and he's failed drug tests at least twice, and that, and he's had his USC title stripped because of drug um, failing drug tests as well. I think he's had his fight license revoked by the state of Nevada as well before for um, positive drug tests. So the guy clearly has whatever issues and oh, has man. just continually to fail. We're, we're talking nearly 10 years worth of this. Um, yep. So you add out everything. This guy could have, I mean, he could have been the Conor McGregor of that 205 weight category. He could have had, which which was then when he started, was the premier fight division anyway. So he, he could have owned the world at that division. And he's now getting, and I think the excuse was too that he was going a bit crazy because of, in New Mexico, they've got the lock-in laws as well. Mm. Now, I don't know about you. We've been not so much lock-in laws, but I don't think I'd scull half a bottle of tequila, grab my handgun and go for a cruise down the streets if I was going that crazy from a lock-in anyway. No, exactly. I mean, yeah. the other thing I heard as well, with just just generally speaking with, with John Jones, is the whole CTE thing that... that um, uh, what is it? The encephalopathy. I can never say the remember what it is now. But they, um, where they just can't take too many hits to the head. Um, yeah, the, and the they, they, continuous and repeated blow to the head. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And they they reckon that it's just basically where um, he's just got brain damage effectively. Um, mm. and, and it and it's like obviously this is just speculation. No one knows it because they can't diagnose it until after he's dead. Um, uh, but it's just where they're now saying that. Um, a lot of these guys, um, guys that do crazy things. I mean, Muhammad Ali ended up with Parkinson's um, and all these other things that happened. I mean, they can attribute it to this, to just getting hit in the head too many times. Um, it's just plain and simple that the, the your, your brain is just, it's just a, a, an organ in a fluid sac, and if it just gets rattled around too much, well, it doesn't like it very much. So um, it, it's just one of those things where I, I hope that, you know, he gets the help he needs, but I think that he probably, maybe he needs to think about retiring if he's if he's starting to get, you know, too uh, too crazy with it because I mean it, it's happened so many times. I mean, uh, like what happened with um, like it was famous that movie. Obviously, came out of the concussion movie with uh, Mike Webster and all these other guys that had it as well. Yeah, there's a great Netflix doco about Aaron Hernandez as well. That yeah, you know, I, I had no idea as well. So I mean, for those people who are starved for entertainment, and want something to do, jump on Netflix and watch that one because that is a real. <laughs> it makes you think that one, but but yeah, I mean, we're I mean to say it politely, 
but yeah. yeah, this this one from Jones as well. Like the dude, I mean, he's checked himself into whatever rehab, which has just failed time and time again. That you, clearly there is something that needs to be addressed, and you can only hope that he gets that help that he needs. But well, I mean, we're talking nearly a decade long of this kind of behaviour, so clearly there's more right. more to it than what's actually come out so far. Yeah, you're right. You're right, and that's the thing. Like, I, I wonder because there's two two trains of thought that I've got. One of them is. Um, where I go, okay, all of these things you can attribute it to CTE and, and you can say that people have all these problems with, um, like they go crazy because of it. But also the other strain of thought I think is, well, these guys to be so great, I mean, like Bondi, I don't know what, what you're, if you sort of had any examples that you can think of, but these guys that are just so talented tend to be really just eccentric guys anyway. I mean, they're just, they're just a little bit crazy, like that Howard Hughes and all, all these other guys that have been around for, for forever, like not just fighters, I'm talking just generally, they tend to be a bit more eccentric. So, I mean, what, what about you, Bondo? What are your thoughts there? Well, the person that jumps to mind for me, unfortunately, is Anthony Mundine. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, yeah, again, you know, Muhammad Ali, Conor McGregor, um, all taken way too many knocks to the head. Um, but I don't know. I I don't really pay too much attention to their social lives as long as they're good athletes, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, I see what you mean. It's hard because, I mean, at one point you've got to think, well, they're role models for the community and all that sort of thing, and they have that. They get paid all this money because uh, they have that extra expectation. But you're right, though, because I mean, when it boils down to it, you know, he is just—he's a fighter, or he's a football player, or he's a tennis player, or whatever. Because I mean, you look at guys like uh, um, Nick Kyrgios and those sort of guys that are just, you know, clowns. Um, but uh, I don't know. It, it just makes you wonder, though, like how much of it is just that they're just eccentric dudes. They're just a little bit crazy. Like that's—you you, got to be a little bit crazy to, to be. Um, that good at something, you've got to be that. That's just how you are. Yeah, interesting uh, premise. It'd be worth um, doing a bit of research and seeing what actually comes back from this. Yeah, well, I think that that's probably that maybe that's something we could look at next week. Just have a look at it and think, well, who like what are the the people that have just gone crazy and just uh, and and how much of it is just talent versus their personality? Um, but uh, it, it's interesting. To, it's an interesting thought experiment, but. Look, uh, I reckon that's pretty much that's pretty much what we'll call it a day there, boys. Unless you got any other final thoughts on uh, on anything there? No, I'm good. No, I'm good, bro. Who is you? All right, well, I'll just quickly stop the recording. There won't be a sec. <laughs>